You've got bread and a toaster of some kind. I don't make the rules. Okay, I'll make it as easy for you as I can. I'd like an omelet, plain, and a chicken salad sandwich on wheat toast. No mayonnaise, no butter, no lettuce, and a cup of coffee. Well, number two, chicken salad sand. Hold the butter, the lettuce, and the mayonnaise, and a cup of coffee. Anything else? Yeah, now all you have to do is hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me a check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't broken any rules. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees. <laughs> you see that sign, sir? Yes, you all have to leave. I'm not taking any more of your smartness and sarcasm. You see this sign? <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Retro Movie Podcast, the podcast for everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person who refuses to shut up on a road trip, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? Um, I'm well, thanks, and I feel attacked by that statement, uh, probably because it's valid. I mean, we've taken a road trip together. It's true. And uh, annoy everyone by talking about movies. Exactly. We, we played the movie game, which is what yep. this podcast is based on. Pretty much. Enough. And uh, I was like, man, this dude never shuts up. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, This is the podcast where every Perk and I review a movie that was connected to the last one we watched. Uh, If you like our show, we post on pretty much every Friday. We try to on all podcast services. And if you like our our show, uh, tell your friends about it and you can watch the movies with us. So um, last week we watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest starring Jack Nicholson. And we said, hey. We need more of this guy because he's really fucking good. So we decided to watch five easy pieces. Perk, why don't you intro for us? Yeah, all right. So uh, five easy pieces is uh, the new oldest movie we've watched on the show. <laughs> uh, directed by Bob Raffleson, starring Jack Nicholson and Karen Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 1970. Follows, yeah, 1970. It follows a, a drifter. And yeah, that's pretty much the whole premise. <laughs> Follows a drifter. A couple uh, little fun facts. Uh, The title, Five Easy Pieces, refers to a book of piano lessons for beginners, but obviously is a double entendre, uh, which we'll elaborate upon later, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, And Jack Nicholson wrote some of his own lines for his scene where he talks to his dad near the end Mm. of the film. Really good scene. Which, yeah, it, <laughs> believable. I, yeah. I would believe that fun fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Parker, go to you first. What do you think of this movie? Um, I didn't think that this type of movie was allowed to be made back then. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, Because it's like, it's small and meditative and doesn't really have too much of a plot, just kind of slice of life almost. And mm-hmm. I feel like back in the day, movies had to be movies, you know? And so I, I was really surprised, and very pleasantly so. Uh, I thought this movie was fantastic. I, re- I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked it, too. It's it's really it's really interesting character study. And like you said, there's no real plot. You're just kind of watching this happen. And it really doesn't, like, explain things to the audience ever. It's like, no, you can either figure it out or, like, just take what you want from this movie, right? It, it doesn't yeah. get you over the head with anything. No, it um, makes you pick at it, for sure. Yeah, like I'm still, I'm still thinking about. I'm like, what, what do I take away from this movie? Like, what is, what is kind of the theme or the message they were trying to convey? 
Um, but the performances are fantastic. I mean, ton of Oscars uh, were won for this movie. Um, nominated, but no, there's some there's some winners. I think it was I'm pretty sure Nicholson. Oh, maybe you're right. I thought I thought Nicholson won for it, but I might be. He should have. <laughs> you're right. You're right. He was nominated, and Karen Black, uh, who plays um, Rayette, Rayette uh, was nominated as well. And Best Picture was nominated, and Best Writing. So, pretty pretty good, pretty on brand, I'd say. We have to go back and see what won that year because I'm kind of surprised. But uh, yeah, so as as a quick aside, I think uh, maybe something valuable we can do with the podcast like this is uh, there. I feel like there are a lot of movies that are like all-time great movies that were nominated for things but didn't win it, and so mm-hmm. nobody thinks about them anymore. Nobody mm-hmm. talks about mm-hmm. them, you know? Like, everyone talks about The Godfather, and it won Best Picture, but what was, like, the fifth Best Picture right. that year? Right. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. there are a lot of great movies out there that I'm sure no one talks about because, you know, they just were just shy of recognition. Yeah, that could be a fun string is like best picture nominated nominated movies that no one remembers, <laughs> you know, something along yeah, those yeah. lines. Like Crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully better than Crash. You get if you want to hear about that, we go watch an episode about it. But uh, anyway, uh, Perk, I'll go back to you. What do you want to talk about with this, this double entendre? Because I'll be honest, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I well, I think okay. So what it feels like is throughout this movie. It almost is like they're peeling back the layers of their characters mm. and giving us a piece here and a piece there. You know, they're mm. giving us mm. pieces of these characters. Like we start off with guy who is an oil rig worker and then we're given the piece about his friends and his relationship. And then it's later clued in that, oh, he's a drifter. And then another piece is added when, oh, he comes from money. And mm-hmm. another piece is added on the back of the truck when he's playing the piano. It's like, yeah. oh. Classically trained pianist. So mm-hmm. that my thought was that five easy pieces obviously refers to easy pieces of music mm-hmm. as with the scene with it's what Christine. Yeah. Who where he plays what he claims to be the easiest piece of music he knows. Like mm-hmm. there's some easy music pieces maybe, but also I think the pieces can refer to some of the character tidbits that are dropped out through throughout the movie. I hear you. I, I was trying the whole movie, trying to figure out what they were referring to. And one part where I thought maybe it was it was when he's talking to his buddy. Um, Elton. Elton, thank you. I'm normally good at remembering names on this podcast. I just forget them immediately. Uh, yeah, he's talking to Elton. Big stage. And Elton's talking about how, like, the things in life that he has, because he claims to have a good life. Like, you want, like, a purpose and, you know, a family. And he lists, like, a few different things. And I'm like, maybe these are the pieces, like... And he he's missing them or something, but um, yeah, going to that scene with Christine, you mentioned like it was funny because when she was playing the piece, I'm like, this is pretty simple. Like I even I, I noticed I'm like, this is a pretty easy piece, and I like that he called it out and he refuses to be vulnerable when he when Christine kind of confronts him about him kind of brushing things off, you know. And I think that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie actually. When she's like, I had an honest response, and you're like tell me to fuck off and I'm trying to like connect with you and you're refusing, you know? Um, I really like that, that moment. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I thought that that scene was very interesting because that's not usually how scenes like that go. Mm. You know, usually there's a performance and then an embrace or something like that. And he's like, that was the easiest piece of music 
I knew. And she's like, well, it's not that it's easy. It's the feeling that you put into it. And he's like, I didn't feel anything at all. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of a trying to keep her at at arm's length. Maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he he also wants to be with her. Yeah. 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 I think he's just afraid of a lot of things. Yeah. No, I agree. I think. And that's indicated by his life where he's kind of run away from a lot or he keeps moving around because he, I mean, he's afraid of the bad things that happens when he stays too long. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he plays, this is another character by Nicholson we saw last week too where he's not a, he's not a good guy. Like, he's not the worst guy in the world, but he's not a great guy. Like, he's cheating on his wife all the time. Or not his wife, his, his girlfriend. Girlfriend, yeah. Um, he's, that their, their relationship is so toxic and manipulative yes, from is. both sides. Like, it's so bad. Um, he's, yeah, always trying to kind of get away from her, but also won't let her go and, and all that. And, like, you, you know, as a movie watcher, you kind of tend to want to root for the main character. But it's like, I want him to be better, but also he's kind of a piece of shit, you know? Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but that's what this movie's about. Like, it's a complex character, and it's a it's a person. It, he feels like a real person. They, and that you kind of see oh, how sorry. he behaves. That was a big takeaway I had, too, is the characters, they really feel like characters. Like, they yeah. feel like real people, which... Mm-hmm. Testament to the acting because the the two lead performances are outstanding. But mm-hmm. like the way the way the characters act, it's like this isn't you know our hero isn't really a hero. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. a villain. He's just a guy, and he's got some some shit he's going through, and and uh, he's got a, a toxic relationship. But they both kind of need each other, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I really like the scene where she kicks him out. And then he goes out to his car and then he blows up and has a little tantrum and he goes back inside like, you want to come with? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he knows, like, maybe he's worried about, I mean, he probably is worried about her on some um, some level and cares about her. But he doesn't show it. Like, every every time he is asked to tell her that he loves her, he refuses to. He never tells her he loves her this entire movie. Um, Which, you know, classic manipulation right there. Like, she's like... Do you love me? And he goes, what do you think? <laughs> it's just like classic manipulator move. Um, yeah, because if he says yes, the chase is over. Right. You know, and if he says no, then he loses it, right? So he, right. he's like, well, what do you think? And that's a cop-out, right? Um, yeah. yeah, and even like the stuff. Well, I, I want to talk about his sister. I loved, I think it's Lois Smith, I think. I loved her performance. I thought she, she was, was like. great. I agree. Like you can tell she's a little eccentric, right? Because she's like a and she's a really good uh, piano player and like. But I just loved how much she cared for Bobby, even though he doesn't have anything going on, and just like her little kind of quirks and stuff. Like she was fantastic. Yeah, I think I think all the supporting performances are are really pretty good. Uh, Christine's also very good. Mm-hmm, the two mm-hmm. hippies they pick up are great. Oh my god! Uh, I, so okay. Quick aside. Yeah, yeah I know the point is that they're supposed to be annoying, but my god, I was getting so sick of them when talking about the <laughs> filthy. And I was like, I would have launched her out of my car. Like, I could not handle it. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like that's what happened near the end. But mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah. So what sticks out to me most about this movie is I. There are just a lot of scenes I love. I feel like it's a lot of vignettes, just like mm. small moments and. Like the scene at the diner is just right. hilarious and great, and the scene where the the family has over that pretentious woman who's like, oh yeah, That's putting a great scene. putting uh, Rayette like on an easel to display to the class. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I really like all these scenes. The dynamics are great, and it, you know, you identify more with the characters that we've known, and mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the pretension against Rayette is really annoying, and it's it's a good catharsis when Bobby blows up on her and calls her yeah. what uh, something celibate. celibate. Yeah, something. Yeah, um, like stupid celibate. I don't remember, but it was it was fantastic. It was hilarious. So that scene is actually another example. That's when I forgot, but I, I noticed in this movie, I wrote it down. Um, this, that's I think the fourth occurrence that I can think of where Bobby actually like tries to be a hero. Maybe he's not trying to be a hero, but he like selflessly helps somebody. Um, so I wrote down when his friend is getting arrested by the cops and he doesn't know what's going on, but his friend's getting beat up after they just had a fight and he goes and helps him. Right. Yeah. And then um, the hitchhikers, like he didn't have to stop for them, but he chose to. And it's like, well, I want to help, you know? And then um, when he thinks his sister is getting assaulted by the butler, <laughs> you know, he just goes yeah, in yeah. on that. And then that's, he defends Rayette, you know, like he has moments where you can tell he's like he genuinely cares for people and like he wants to help people. But I feel like as soon as he's questioned about it or there's any follow up, he kind of gets really defensive and he's like, no, I, you know, he doesn't want to deal with anything. Yeah, to to sound as uh, over the top as possible here. I, uh, I think he the, yeah, you're right. The movie shows us through his actions that in there's a good guy. But it almost seems like he's afraid of the good guy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he, he puts out this facade to never seem vulnerable and and always pushes people away for some reason, whatever. I, it's really hard to try and pick away at this character because there's a lot yeah. of depth. There, There's so much going on. But for whatever reason, you know, he he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be that good guy that he is inside. It feels very season one Bojack. Like before he kind of decides he wants to be better. Yeah, it's more that's just being self-destructive, and there is a good person underneath there, but he just kind of is his own worst enemy. Um, a lot of the good stuff he does is in some way self-serving too. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the ending? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I I don't know really why I liked it, but it's mm-hmm. it just felt it felt like that's what he would do. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just it, if that uh, where he's at. The just also that scene in the bathroom where he's staring at himself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Man, Jack Nicholson is pretty good. At yeah, he's acting. pretty dang good. Uh, you could just see so much going through his head, and clearly he needs to go just run off, just blow off some steam, and hop mm-hmm. in a truck to Canada. What do you think is Canada? I think it was Alaska because it was earlier it, in the. The hitchhiker's yeah. like want to go to Alaska. I feel like it was Alaska. <laughs> I think you're. I think you have something. And I, I, when I saw it, I was thinking they're probably leading up to he's going to Alaska, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't tell you, which I appreciate. Yep. You know, it leaves yep. it open to interpretation and doesn't force feed you. Because do we know but where his parents' house is? Washington was, State. It, oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I think they're going. He's going to Alaska for sure. But yeah, I don't know how to interpret that final scene because like. Like you said, it could be him being like, I need to blow off some steam. But I also feel like he's just running away again. Like, he's, it's not a healthy act. I mean, it's probably good that he's away from her yet because their relationship is so bad. But, like, I don't know. No. I want to believe it's it's a good move, but maybe it's not. I No, I think it's it signifies that he's pretty much right back where he started. Mm-hmm. Just skipping town again. Just on to the next. Yeah. Uh, full circle almost because we, we come on him in a temp job and doesn't have roots he's just living with a girl and the end of the movie he just skips down again so i Mm -hmm. i think it's a it's a full circle there's no real 
resolution for his his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah, and I really like I said, I really appreciate this movie. Like, does not explain things to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like you're just gonna watch this and then you're gonna you know draw your own conclusions yeah, about it. And I was definitely a lot of the reviews I was reading to be like they a lot of people hate this movie because they just didn't get it. <laughs> There's like this movie's like so like sad or like this character is bad and there's like this is why would anybody like this movie um i think it's, it's quite funny i suppose if you're if you're re- looking for a really hard rigid plot you know you're not gonna like this mm-hmm. i i really loved it because to me it feels like almost like a stream of beautiful scenes tied together beautiful through character interaction but also it's a really gorgeous movie yeah shot wise it's you can tell, right, based on the the way that the film kind of looks dated, but this movie holds up so well. To mm-hmm. think that it's 53 years old, that's that's really old for a movie. You yeah, know? So we'll I, see. I totally agree. We'll see if we get into some more other old movies, but the way it's structured with uh, a plot that's not too divisive and no need for any sort of effects, it stands the test of time. And lets you just focus on great acting, and great acting is kind of timeless. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing in this movie that we were watching. I was like, it stuck out as like, oh, that's old or that's, you know, out of time or whatever. Everything yeah, flowed fine. But yeah, it's it, it's weird. Like I, I definitely like this movie. I don't know if I want to watch it again ever. <laughs> like I'm like, cause it's, it's not like a, a fun watch. You know, it's not like a happy. No, watch. it's certainly uh, not a gripping edge of your seat type movie. But I don't yeah. think it was a waste of time. No, definitely not. Definitely. I definitely would recommend people check out this movie for sure. Because, um, yeah. I, that's the, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would say like it makes you think. It's more, at least to me anyway, it's more just like, watch, like you say, kind of watching real people live a life, place a life, and maybe relating to it in some ways, um, or just learning more about people, I guess. But, I don't know. I feel like I'm not... I haven't been like, mm, what was he really, what was his past? What really happened with the, him quitting piano? Like, it's more just like, oh, this is a person who's had a rough life. And I think it's valuable to kind of watch that, you know, experience. But I'm not really like going too deep on theories, I guess, if that, if that makes sense. No, I'm not going to slave away for days doing research for sure. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Throughout the whole movie, you're thinking it, it, it pokes at your imagination a little bit. Because, yeah, they leave so much to the imagination, which mm-hmm. makes it a pretty involving experience despite being fairly slow. Uh, right. Although, short movie. We love a short king. <laughs> and it was what, like 98 minutes? That's oh, just yeah. a yeah, it was not. It was not long. It was 100, yeah. Yeah, 138. Yeah. It wasn't too long. It didn't feel too long. It's. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Uh, one thing I wrote in my notes, I'm, I'm glad I remembered. Um the music choices in this movie are very intentional and very good. I don't know if, did you watch with subtitles? I did watch with subtitles, but I wasn't all too paying attention to them. So basically, every time there's a song playing, it's like talking about what's happening in the scene. Okay. Um, like uh, the scene where... So I, we find out that Riyadh's pregnant, right? At least his friend tells him that he's pretty sure she is or she like told him. Maybe it was a lie. I don't know. But it's implied that she's pregnant. And the scene where he tells her, hey, like, hey, I got to go see my dad. And the one where he eventually comes, like, goes in the car, blows up and comes back. While that scene's playing, uh, the song that's playing on the record player is um, 
I forget who sings it. It's called, called a song called Divorce. And it's about, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, a couple breaking up. But also it's about like their possible kid and what they, the kid might do, you know. Um, so it's kind of underlining like their relationship. And it happens. There's like a couple other times I'm, I'm blanking on um, the exact examples. I noticed that like or like at the very first opening scene in the movie um, when the opening credits are playing. Um, it's a song where a woman's singing about how she has a man and he cheats on her, but I have to stay with him because he's just a man. And, you know, right. It really, it's literally describing a toxic relationship. And then we're immediately thrust into him and Ria's toxic relationships. So, like, I really appreciate the music choices because it just really underlines everything that's happening. And I imagine if we watched this back in 1970, we'd know those songs better <laughs> and maybe sure. it would pick up out easier. But, uh, the subtitles definitely help with the lyrics, like seeing what they were going for. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I thought the score was great. Um, the you know, uh, real like records aside, I think the score too. I think all mm. all the music in the movie is really nice uh, and fits with the kind of peaceful setting of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah, uh, pairs really well. A lot of just minimal piano type stuff, which pairs really well with the beautiful cinematography mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and really just gorgeous wide shots of amazing scenery and stuff like that yeah yeah that's great um one fun fact we've actually so the actress that plays his sister uh we've seen before on this have we really she played the guidance counselor in ladybird oh no way much older now obviously um but uh that's funny yeah it's not the first time we've seen her on the pod very cool uh anything else any movies you recommend based on this one I'm trying to think of uh, other like character studies, but I couldn't really. I was coming up blank. So the only one that came to mind was um, First Blood for the setting, because mm, mm. it's also in the Pacific Northwest and not in Thailand or Vietnam, like I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, that's also a character study. Yes, it is. Yeah, different that's, that's, kind of character, though. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a great one. I guess I'll throw in Bojack that I mentioned earlier. I was sure. seeing some similarities there, but that's also a very different story i see the parallels you're talking about though yeah yeah all right well that is our review of five easy pieces um before i tell you we're watching next week it's time for our bonus reviews perk you got three i got like two half ones uh so you start us off all right i i was able to to follow up on last week i was able to finish velma okay um (laughs) the show that was simply designed for mongering hate from whoever mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it I, I just, I don't know. So the ending was fine. Uh, the bad guy was first teased as the bad guy in like episode nine, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad guy had almost not, no place in the story up until the last couple episodes. And so was pretty obviously going to be the bad guy. Uh, it's the show is not funny. Uh, I maybe got a couple chuckles out of me out of 10 episodes, which is just mm-hmm. a bad track record. The characters are okay. Uh, the, the story itself, I don't hate, but God, it seems like every joke, they are just trying to elicit a reaction. Mm-hmm. For example, there is one scene where just a couple characters are talking at lunch and in the background there's just two boys just making out for the entire scene. That's only in there to make conservatives angry. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. that fo- is followed or that directly follows a scene where they call out and make fun of the girl at school who's dressed like a cat or who pr- pretends mm-hmm. she's a cat, mm-hmm. which is like a traditional conservative joke. Conservatives mm-hmm. Lo- mm-hmm. love to make jokes like that. So I don't know. It feels like throughout the whole show, they are just pedaling back and forth to try and piss off everyone they possibly can. And it's obnoxious and it's tiring and it's not funny. Uh, none of the jokes were funny, not the ones that were meant to offend me, nor the ones that were supposed to appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the meta humor too much. It, it lays off a little in the back half, but I, uh, <laughs> not, not enough. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the voice acting's good. The animation's fine. Um, the story's good, but it ends in a pretty predictable way. I don't know. I would like super not recommend Velma. <laughs> uh so if they make a second season i'm gonna not watch it yeah uh i went one through through one season for y'all i i fell on that sword <laughs> so you don't have to yeah it's just it's not good it really is bad it's not as bad as everyone was losing their mind about but it's bad yeah yeah when you talk about all the rage bait stuff like it just feels like such a waste of time to make that show and waste yeah. of resources you know, it, which is just so sad because, like, we don't get <laughs> we already don't get a lot of good animated stuff. And you're going to waste another shot on something like that with just horrible writing like it. It's one of the early sad. jokes. One of the early jokes t- uh, pokes fun at adults who watch cartoons. Hmm. But that's your <laughs> audience. That's who it's you're appealing to. The only people are going to watch this show. Yeah. But yeah. It's just we want to piss off everybody. The TV series. Oh, yeah, I really hope it doesn't get renewed. Um, and yeah, it makes me say, if you want to watch, if anybody listening, if you want to watch a good, funny animated show on HBO Max, watch Harley Quinn. That show is freaking incredible. Um, <laughs> Better than Velma? Unreal. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I'm just going to do my two right now, Per, because they're both, I just started two shows. Fair um, enough. So I finished Restaurant to Another World, which I talked about last week, uh, which was my morning wake up show. I've now started watching Mobile Suit Gundam, the original Gundam anime that started everything. Um, that like so pretty much every, the entire sci-fi genre of anime was inspired by. Um, I want to make sure I see what year it came out. 1979 uh, is when this one came out, and I tell you what, Perk, it holds up. This is a fucking good show. I'm only like eight episodes in or something, but uh, this show does not fuck around. It's it's really about the horrors of war um, and just how many people die and people who have to participate in war get, like, fucked up by it. And people are just getting taken out every episode. Um, and, yeah, the characters that are thrust into this are a bunch of, like, civilians that, like, don't have never had a fight before. And it's, like, really interesting seeing them try to adapt. And, I, like, the action's cool. Like, we're in space. We got robots fighting. Like, the Gundam combat's really cool but like the pilot the main character is this like 15 year old kid who's like a science whiz whose dad built the gundam and he's being forced to pilot it um and he's he's not he's good but he's not taking it well you know and i I can see uh how neon genesis evangelion like one of the other popular um kind of mech anime that came out a lot later was very inspired by this because that show went like times 10 on like the depression themes um (laughs) this show is more this like horrors of war themes Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really liking it. I'm 
my plan is to watch this and then just kind of keep watching the Gundam anime in order and to see uh, how they go. But I, I've I've never I've always brought Gundam and I'm like, hey, what's what's the deal? Why does everyone like this so much? And I'm glad I, I finally have started it. So, um, yeah, I'll give another update probably after I finish this show. But uh, I'm liking it so far. Awesome. The other show I started watching is an anime that is on like whenever you look up like top anime of all time perk it's always on the list right but for years it's never been available streaming and i'm like well everyone says to watch the show but i can never freaking watch it netflix finally got the rights to it and i started watching monster is what this is called um sure so i'm only have you heard of this at all i have okay yeah so for the people listening it's a psychological thriller uh, about a neurosurgeon who i'll also explain like the first like couple episodes kind of plot stuff he's a super gifted neurosurgeon uh who realizes that the hospital he works at is like super corrupt and he just starts getting fucked over and weird things start happening with people dying and all that i won't say too much um and i'm, I'm really early and i'm definitely like interested but it hasn't locked me in yet i'm kind of waiting for the big moment that's going to be like the big mystery or something that's going to like hit you know i feel like it's about to happen um but yeah, I'm excited. This is finally available. Um, definitely gonna watch watch the whole thing, um, and yeah, I'm I'm just hoping it hooks me soon because it hasn't quite got me yet. But I feel like it's about to. So nice. There we go. Uh, side note: Did you see the teaser for the new season of Ted Lasso? I did. I did. Yeah, I'm I'm already crying. I say I, I almost cried just from the yeah. teaser. <laughs> it's it's gonna leave me in shambles. It's, next it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. That's yeah, in yeah March, right? Yeah. Yeah, March 15. Mark your calendars. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, my turn? Yeah, give me your, your last last two here. All right, so I got through numbers eight and nine on the Best Picture nominations list. All right. Uh, I watched Triangle of Sadness for one. Mm-hmm. What an interesting movie. Uh, okay. So it, it's kind of broken into thirds. The first third was okay but it was kind of like purposefully uncomfortable and a little slow Mm -hmm. the last third not my vibe uh and the middle third is maybe the best comedy i've ever seen (laughs) oh really (laughs) so i so the movie follows a couple who are both models uh and influencers she being much more popular than he uh the start of the movie the first third is them and their relationship and having conversations about how she always expects him to pick up the tab even though she makes so much more money than Mm -hmm. him and it's like Mm -hmm. okay yeah i guess these whatever it's fine then they go on a private uh giant yacht vacation thing uh, okay. we'll circle back to that. Okay. Uh, the, the yacht <laughs> gets blown up by pirates. Uh, and okay. the, the final third of the movie is like Lord of the Flies, like the survivors on an, a deserted island. And they establish like a new form of government. Okay. Yeah. And it, it flips the switch a little bit because one of the crewmates from the ship ends up being the captain on land because she's got experience and can fish and start mm. fires and the the rich 
passengers don't know how to do stuff for themselves and that the the back half or the back third of the movie too long kind of boring uh but so the middle third is it's on the ship Mm -hmm. and it revolves around the captain's dinner the captain is woody harrelson and he plays (laughs) an alcoholic uh marxist okay (laughs) and he his main dynamic like character to play off against is a russian ultra wealthy man capitalist who sells fertilizer he Mm -hmm. said he claims i sell shit Mm -hmm. uh and he's a full-on russian capitalist uh and their dynamic is great because they just get hammered together and they have these <laughs> back and forth <laughs> conversations about politics. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the night of the captain's dinner, uh, the sea is super rough. Uh, the the Russian guy bought the ship mid journey, <laughs> um, and he demanded that all of the crew go for a swim, and mm-hmm. include like everyone on the boat. So mm-hmm. the whole kitchen staff as well, and the chefs like but this will all go bad. And they're like, you have to, you have to go swim. So it's established that the food's bad and the wind, the waves are bad. <laughs> so at this dinner, uh, the, the whole ship is just, you know, moving back and forth and, and people start becoming a little seasick and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then people start projectile vomiting mm-hmm. and things just get worse and worse. And it is just peak physical gross out humor because eventually the food catches up with people so you've got people like naked in their bathrooms just vomiting and projectile diarrheaing and the Mm -hmm. ships swinging around so they get like thrown off the uh thrown off the toilet and they're like sliding around in piles of their own vomit jesus christ (laughs) is it it sounds super graphic oh yeah oh yeah it's it it's uh it does not hold back. <laughs> not at all. Is is this movie like billed as a comedy? Yeah, it's it's dark comedy. Okay, and okay. In, in fairness, the Lord of the Flies part is like dark comedy funny too. Mm-hmm. But the the middle portion of the movie is laugh out loud funny. Okay. Because of okay. all this all this vomit and diarrhea and in the meanwhile the Russian guy and Woody Harrelson are over the PA system. Debating communism versus or socialism <laughs> versus capitalism, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. oh, it's it's fantastic, and I just wish that it were a forty-five minute movie and that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. There, there are definitely good things. Uh, Harris Dickinson, I think, is his name, plays the lead. He's great. He's really good. Uh, Woody Harrelson's good for the uh, limited amount of time he has. I believe. The lead actress is Charlie Dean, okay. uh, who's great and unfortunately has passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah, really tragic. She was only like 30. Oh, geez. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This, spoiler alert, this is going to end up at the bottom of my best best of the mm. Oscar noms list. It feels like a, why did this get nominated (laughs) Mm, mm. uh because if you're trying to argue that the themes are really deep and powerful kind of i mean are they i mean just based on your description it sounds like it's just a kind of another standard it's rich people bad yeah yeah, it's it's rich people bad yeah um 
Which is like a which fine is, theme, but we've seen that a million times, you know? Yeah, it, I, I saw it in the menu, and I liked that one better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of the most unique movies I've ever seen, so I got to give credit where it's due there. Yeah. Because uh, you know me. I I, <laughs> I pride myself on liking weird stuff. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> one of my favorite movies I've seen recently is a Polish movie about a donkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, Triangle of Sadness. Uh, weird. Okay. Yeah. I, I did not expect it to be a dark comedy because it was called Triangle of Sadness, but I think that's kind of the point is what it seems like. Yeah, so the, that that's referenced in the intro. It's okay. the It's the space between your eyebrows and the bridge of your nose. It's called the triangle mm. of sadness, and I assume it's because you get wrinkles there if you, you know, frown a lot. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, all right, triangle of yeah. sadness. There it is. <laughs> what's the What's the last one? Yeah, I got one more. So I watched Tar. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tar is is much better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still, kind of a conundrum for me. All right, mm. so we'll start with the obvious. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, uh, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She might win Best Actress, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I'll tell you later at my Oscar Spectacular who I would pick, but she is more than deserving. She's great. The story is interesting. The direction is fantastic. The cinematography mm-hmm. is fantastic. It. It's just. It's a little long, maybe. And I don't love, I don't love the way that the story goes. It's one mm. of those movies where things start out teetering and just go downhill for two and a half hours. Mm. Isn't it based uh, on a real person? No, it's not. Oh, and okay. that I thought it was. is very easily confused because all the biopics usually are just someone's last name. Mm-hmm. See Spencer about princess die or mm-hmm. uh what's the j edgar about j edgar mm-hmm. hoover you mm-hmm. know what i mean bohemian rhapsody about bohemian <laughs> rhapsody yes of course <laughs> um and so yeah it, it's definitely set up as if this is a biopic but it's mm-hmm. not it's not a real person okay there there is a lesbian orchestral conductor in the world who was personally offended by this movie uh, right. because basically the plot is that Kate Blanchett's character is kind of manipulative with her power to the point of uh, using it to leverage relationships. Mm. Um, and so the, you know, real life conductor took offense, although it's, it's pretty clearly stated in this movie that it's not about her because Kate Blanchett's character mentions this woman by name right, right. as like a, an influence in the scene or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> I feel like some people are going to be like, yeah, this is the anti cancel culture movie. It's not really that, but I can see <laughs> where they're coming from because mm-hmm. things start popping up from her past and things get edited out of context, but Mm. Uh, the, the highlight of the movie is Kate Blanchett. She has some some long takes. So there's so the first scene of the movie is her uh, getting interviewed for an audience, mm. and that's the one that's in the trailers. So you would have seen it. 
Second scene is her teaching a class. They're both really powerful, really long take type scenes uh, that just showcase that Kate Blanchett is a great actress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and surprising, the surprising, most surprising part to me was that when things are starting to teeter, uh, mm-hmm. there are some psychological horror bits mixed in. Oh, really? With like yeah, visual which, effects or just? Well, kind of. It's more just the score and, okay. you know, we hear things where it's like, are we really hearing this or is this mm-hmm. in, in her mind? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see things where they, you know, they might be in her mind. She has a... An accident at one point gets her face all all beaten up and yeah it's it's those scenes are pretty stressful and really well done I think mm-hmm. also I I don't know I I might have lost my mind a little bit but I feel like <laughs> there are a few points in the movie usually around when they're doing this psychological horror part where there'll be a cut between two shots and the cut will have one overexposed frame in the middle so it's almost like a flash cut mm. and i, I th- maybe i'm overthinking it maybe i'm looking into something that's not there i mean i, I, would, that I would imagine it's intentional if it is if it's there right or i could just be like having a seizure you never know you need to go to the eye doctor yeah yeah <laughs> uh but if if that was in there on purpose i think that was super cool mm-hmm. uh yeah this this one's worth watching um if you want to see a great acting performance I think all the things it's nominated for, yeah, I agree. I think it's maybe just it's too long, but they all are, so yeah, can't really hold it against them. Feels like uh, every modern movie is too long. It does. It does feel that way. Yeah. Uh, After Sun isn't, but it didn't get nominated. <laughs> the longer a movie is, the more likely it'll get nominated for an Oscar. Uh, namely, Avatar: The Last <laughs> Waterbender. Oh man. Uh, yeah, quick, I, I yeah. don't know. Tar, Tar's like it. I'm conflicted because it's good and Kate Blanchett's great, but I, it's not a movie that I was dying to watch. And mm-hmm. after watching it, I'm like, yeah, I see why I wasn't dying to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, and you said you have one left. Yeah, all quiet on the Western Front. Okay, you're almost there, Perk. You're almost done. No, I have more. I gotta wrap up the acting categories, which will be. Oh yeah, yeah. I have to watch Blonde and Black Panther, uh, and then there are some more that I'm gonna try. I don't know. I'm running out of time and motivation. <laughs> uh, I was maybe gonna do all the short films because they're doing a theatrical release. Oh, that's fun. But unfortunately, each of them, like each category of short film, is like three hours long. Mm. I just don't really have that kind of time right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was going to maybe do international, but also it's going to be tight. I think I might try and get through animation because I, I have a good head start there. Right. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Don't push yourself too hard. If you're forcing yourself to watch movies, I feel like you're not going to enjoy it as much. Well, but, you know, if I don't, who will? Clearly not the Oscar <laughs> voters. How are, do you really think people watch all of these? Because there's no way. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to think about it, you know. I don't think about it. There's a lot of people that's, in the Academy. I hope that everything's covered, but I, I that's why Marcel's not going to win because nobody watched <laughs> Marcel. Okay, but if Pinocchio wins, I feel like that's also solid. Pinocchio's yes, from I, an animation standpoint is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to be mad about Pinocchio. Yeah, um, and I still got to watch Puss in Boots, but everyone says that's great too. Yeah, 
I want to watch that one as well. Hopefully, what would that be on? That's DreamWorks. Nothing who, right now. No, but who owns DreamWorks though? Like, what will that be on eventually? I don't know. Like who Paramount owns or DreamWorks. some shit. Maybe I don't, know where the, I don't know where the Shrek movies are currently. Maybe Disney Plus. Nah, it's know. it's definitely not Disney. Anyway, hope Whatever. hope to see it. Hope to see it one day. But Perk, let's reveal what we're doing next. Okay. So we have done ten movies from our normal string following, I guess. And it's time to mix it up again. And we're going to do a shorter stream this time. We're going to do kind of chunks of five for a bit uh, going forward. So our first chunk we're going to do is movies that were made in China. Uh, get some Chinese cinema. I think we're going to try to hit a few different countries uh, over the next however many episodes. Year, probably. Yeah, just bounce around <laughs> a lot. Um, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, There'll be a lot of movies that I've been wanting to watch for a long time and not actually gotten to yet. So uh, we're starting with China. And we... I. I Found a connection by rustling, you know, through the string. I found one, which is yeah. we, we watched iRobot on the podcast. iRobot stars Will Smith. Will Smith also starred in Gemini Man. Who directed Gemini Man? Ang Lee. What did Ang Lee also direct? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is the first movie we're watching in this uh, Chinese films string. So, uh, unfortunately, it's only one only available to rent, but uh, I'm very excited for this. Get some more Michelle Yeoh in my life. Um so yeah, next week, starting our Chinese string with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, available to rent. So um, thank you all for listening to this week's uh, episode, and until next time, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.